it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah! Ooh, I had a little crack right there, Andy. Sometimes I like to power through it. A little bit of a crack in the voice. I don't know if that's uh, ominous to start the show or what it might be. It could be, be but... related to you doing a second walk. You did two <laughs> walks in a row. I don't like to brag, <laughs> but yes, I uh, was able to walk two days in a row. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So followed up the two-hour walk on Sunday with about an hour yesterday. And I, I don't know if you've ever tried this as part of your regular uh, exercise regimen. If you, when you're done with the walk, guys, if you immediately drive to a Mexican restaurant and have two Modelos and a plate of carnitas, really kind of put your workout over the top. I mean, I it's my understanding that's how most Olympians cool yes. down yes. after the workout. I believe that's what Terrell Owens, it's why he looks the way he does at 50. Yes. That's how he goes and he works out and then uh, has carnitas and Pacificos. Well, did did the burrito, though, did it have no nightshades in it? Because we know that's what Tom Brady avoids. As long as the burrito had no nightshades. Uh, I don't know. It, it was all inside the tortillas. There's likely so. no nightshades in the Modelo. Um, uh, no, it was it was fantastic. Cold from the tap. Uh, it was a little lime on the side. It was, it was really a wonderful workout. Well, that's the carrot to the stick. And in your particular case, it has to be an unhealthy carrot. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I need, instead of the carrot on the end of the fishing pole in front of the mule, I need a carnitas burrito. A burrito. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why Speaking not? of burritos, um, we were going to get into this yesterday, oh, Travis. Yeah. We, did you go and buy some last night? I did not go and buy any. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the exact company that's doing this it's like ortega or it's one of the main like store grocery store mexican right i just I, I feel like for what i'm about to mission say, ortega it, something like that. yeah i just feel like for what i'm about to say it matters that i i get the right <laughs> one because i think the other ones don't want to be sure associated sure. with this it's old el paso oh there you go <laughs> old el paso yes. they've come out with this pre-folded burrito it's basically folded around okay. so it's hollow on the inside but okay. the top of it is cut out so you can just drop your burrito toppings inside <laughs> the pre-folded it looks like a sock <laughs> and just eat this burrito sock without having to do any of the rolling mm, yourself delicious oh yeah can you just stuff all that stuff in a sock please <laughs> <laughs> do you tie it in a knot at the top when you're done with it or no, I mean, what do you, I, you got an open-faced well, burrito well, basically after the first bite of any burrito it <laughs> remains open-faced yeah, but i feel like i'm down a bite or two of tortilla which is kind of a non-starter for me i gotta say like my, my wife is mexican-american if I busted this thing out in front of my mother-in-law, <laughs> the looks I would get. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that you would. It's uh, not authentico. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it is not. I got to say, though, culturally dicey, Yeah, kind of genius. <laughs> yeah, look, hey, innovation is always met with a little resistance. <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't help, too. It doesn't help, too. And granted, this is just one article I saw from brandeating.com. I don't know if this is the official photo from old El Paso. So again, I want to make this clear. The accompanying photo to this article is these this white family, blonde woman with her two children. Like, on one hand, I get why you can't go. Takes you back to the old country. It really does. Takes you back to old Mexico. 
I'm good now. Now I want to try it. Now, now I feel. But, but by the way, like this, this is a solution to a problem that I didn't know existed. Are there are there people out there that are having trouble folding up that burrito? They're, they're called the old El Paso to- tortilla pockets. Sure, uh, available everywhere. Um, the eight pack runs about three bucks. Okay, um, not bad. I think that the key to the burrito because I, I like making them at home all the time. Me too. I, I love burritos. Sure. You gotta you gotta make sure that you're not putting too much in it. Like the temptation is always to put everything you want in there, but then you realize there's not enough real estate with the tortilla. You gotta really get creative with the fold, mm-hmm. and then the fold just becomes a <laughs> mess. Yeah, it becomes well, an absolute. That's mess. That's when you have to get to just get it turned over so the seam is on the bottom, and mm-hmm. now we can knife and fork it from that point forward. But you really like you don't realize until you do it just how big you need that tortilla to be. Oh yeah. Always err on the side of too big. Yeah. Well, and then you and you want to fill the that pocket with not not your old El Paso pocket, but the sweet well, that spot. One have like a if like if we're like think of a baseball bat, right? Or a golf club. There's a sweet spot, right? On the barrel or on the face. There's a sweet spot in your tortilla too. And that's right where the meats and the salsas and the beans and mm-hmm. your jalapeno or whatever you want to put in there is there. And then you got to wrap all of the other stuff around it. Maybe this uh, burrito sock is just a hack to all of that. Again, culturally dicey, kind of genius. I like it. I like it. Old El Paso is not a sponsor, correct? Greg, Greg are you uh, are you in on that? I, I am very much on the burrito sock. It sounds <laughs> the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I mean, well, look, I feel that this is you know, if you were one of I'd say, well, have you ever tried it, Gregory? I have not have tried the burrito tried sock. A burrito I think sock. I'm, there's nothing Maybe in my like life it. that tells me you should try something that has sock at the end of it. Well, no, <laughs> the sock was. The it's not in the. They don't. Sell it doesn't matter. No, I know. I understand. <laughs> but when it's being described that way, it doesn't make it more appealing. Well, but I. I I want to make it clear we're talking more just pure functionality yeah. like you would put your foot into the open end of the sock <laughs> like to the best of my knowledge only your foot is made of carne asada and pinto beans right i mean to the best of my knowledge there is nothing in these tortilla pockets you don't that, know that either taste like a sock texturally like a sock any type of resemblance it's really the way the person at brandeating.com described yes. it yes we lost old El Paso. Yeah, what are you going to do? Oh, Greg's man. here with Sorry, us old today. El Paso. Uh, Emily is is under the weather, so she's uh, she's home uh, convalescing. Funch is here today. You guys doing all right? Doing great. Great. Yeah. You going to make it to the end of the line, Greg? You got a full. No, you got a lot on your plate all of a sudden. No, yeah, I, I have. They Illy now has the big coffees again. Oh, you went. So big. I'm very I'm very happy about having this giant Illy coffee. This is if I don't make it through this in the next 20 minutes, though, I'm not going to make. Did it. Did they hook you up or did you have to dig? You know, this is a this is a situation. <laughs> did you know he has a coffee hookup? That he, and he's generous with it. Like he will, I, he'll I spread it around. Yeah, yeah. Like but, an Illy coffee hookup. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh. Right. This is this Greg. is something that uh, this is why I was Lord Berg for a while, and for then you a, jinxed it. You had a you had a mini jinx yesterday. You did it. Berg. You did it. Too. Oh, I did not jinx that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, don't why, don't try said, and put this that's on. That's why me. I said mini jinx. That, uh, <laughs> the, the guy that pitched for the Dodgers yesterday, Michael Grove, uh, came in, and you know, Michael, put raise your hand if you knew there was a Michael Grove in the universe before yesterday. Okay, probably not a lot of people. Yeah, you're lying. I think he's right. pitched nine total innings for the Dodgers. Yeah, he's he's not a regular part of the rotation, okay? <laughs> yes, it was second career start. So Greg texts me. He's like, yeah, Grove looks good. Or then, you know, five minutes goes, well, well he did. <laughs> that, so he that was no, he was fast. going well, and then he had the – there was then there was the Joey Gallo play in left field that screwed him from the rest of the time. Right field. 
Yeah, or right field. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he was playing for for Mookie. Yeah, he was yesterday. playing for Mookie. That's right. And, uh, that's right. Was put on his roller skates and tried to get back to the wall for one of those. But here, here's the thing. I want, and we're going to get to Jeannie Bus here coming in a second. She did an interview with the Athletic, which has uh, inflamed some Laker fans along the way. Which yeah, you're fired up. We, I, I, I am. I'm just. I'm frustrated with what I hear and see and read and and. The last couple of years have been frustrating to say the least. But kind of kind of going back to the Dodgers very quickly here. Um, they won yesterday with what I think you would qualify as something approaching something not their best. Mookie wasn't in the lineup. Hanser Alberto was in the lineup. You know, you just, Tony you, Gonsolin you, you, Tony wasn't Gonsolin pitching. Tony Gonsolin wasn't pitching. You have a guy that's, you know, and they won again. And they won three out of four in this series. The Dodgers have 35 games left. Okay? Now, we're, we're getting close to the end line. 35 games. If they go 27 and 8, they're going to win 116 games. 27 and 8 is really good, but it does not feel like something that's it, it, it's actually about the pace that they've been on all season long. Nothing crazy has to happen. 27 and 8 seems like they could do that in their sleep. Like that it, it actually feels like they could put out more of the lineups that we saw Monday in Miami just to screw around and still go 27 and 8. They it's ridiculous that this was not a Mookie Betts led team. This was not Clayton Kershaw dealing. This was not you know uh, you know Freddie Freeman hitting three home runs. This this was just a game that you played on a Monday afternoon with your what what would it be if we're being nice to Michael Grove here your fourteenth best starting pitcher in your organization right Yeah, we win again and, and it was a little tight got got a little dicey we had to go into extra innings to get it done but but we won. And we just we'll, we'll run out four bullpen guys, five bullpen guys, however many it takes. But we're going to get the whole thing. Here's done. how you know everything is just coming up Dodgers lately in that game last night. Craig Kimbrell got the win. Yeah. Well. Well, yeah. if you get a <laughs> win a as little... a relief pitcher, you've kind of backed into it. I'm more just saying, especially when you're the closer. Yeah. But Craig Kimbrell backing into anything. <laughs> that's how you know it's coming up Dodgers. Like you're right. When, when is the last time you've been like, eh, Craig Kimbrell will just back up and do it. It'll be fine. Are you intrigued by the pursuit of 116 at all? Because oddly, I am. Like, I, I understand that Dave Roberts said it in spring training, right? That this is a season that is a we should win the World Series this year. We have the pay. You go and you get Mookie, and then you see the performances from Gonsolin and Anderson that, of course, the World Series is the goal. But I, I, I love that the Patriots went for 19-0. I love that the Warriors pushed hard to get that 73 win. And I understand that both of those are examples of guys that missed at the very end. They lost. I know. I, I get it. But imagine, hey, we won 116 games and the World Series. I got an argument that I was on the greatest Major League Baseball team of all time. That is not nothing. It's a weird thing because you're, you're right about how impressive it is and how historical it would be if they set this new franchise record. But at the same time, I don't know how intrigued I am because for this team, it doesn't seem that hard. Like, it's felt like, say, But in isn't May, that a testament to their greatness? Sure, sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I'm intrigued by it because I'm just expecting it to happen. <laughs> you just, and hey, like they're going to win 100. They're going to roll out the balls and win There's no suspense. Games. No, well. Like, it I, feels like you're watching, it feels like you're watching a whodunit and in the opening five minutes, they told you who, who the killer <laughs> they is. They show him pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just left with the rest of the movie. They didn't kill Gleek, did they? I was th I, I was kind of workshopping my opening scene about Gleek last night where we open on his, little, you, his little coffin. <laughs> it's, a it's, little, like, it's, a, it's a mood setter. It really is. <laughs> Again, if we wanted to go dark, and you and I also, everyone out there, WGA writers, this thing has already been trademarked. <laughs> yeah, you can't absolutely. steal it from us. We wanted to go on a very 
dark version of the Wonder Twins for a DC <laughs> installment. Travis had the idea of we open up on Gleek the monkey, yes. his funeral, <laughs> yeah. and nobody no but Aquaman there. showed up. <laughs> Setting the tone for their rage. Yes. That they've been slowly, and then we could do some kind of some some flashbacks to where they're slowly being ostracized from the Justice League. <laughs> like Superman saying, hey, listen, Jaina, I understand that you can turn into a bucket of water. I really don't need that. I can fly. Why don't you yeah. figure something well, out? It's a here? movie about Wonder Twin erasure, ultimately. <laughs> like That's what this movie is about. That the Wonder Twins, yes. there have been all these DC installments. <laughs> there have been stalled versions of different stuff like Batgirl. There's been like how many attempts at getting Batgirl going? Yeah. Has there been? We can't get any Wonder Twins. Can't get them I, into I feel, anything. I feel like we've solved their problem for them. I yeah. think we've got this. Well, thing it's got to be out. just. It's a very meta movie. It's a very meta. <laughs> you got to be in a certain sort of mood when yes. you walk through the door, and yes. if you're not, you will be on the opening scene. That's good. All right, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Jeannie said that Russell Westbrook was the Lakers' best player last year, and then she said, "Well, I actually meant most consistent." And other nuggets from her interview <laughs> from uh, The Athletic. That's coming up next. It's Travis Slee. Andy's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Wonder Twin Powers, activate! Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten days. Ten days to the start of the NFL season. And then we have the mega fall season starting on the Tuesday after that. It is a, uh, it's a good time to be here. That you got the Super Bowl champions. You've got a Dodger team that's going to maybe run down 116 wins. And the Lakers. You know, we'll see what we get. It can only get better. It can only get better. You sure? Yeah. I think they will win more than 33 games this year. I hope so. I, I really, really hope so. Because I think I'm very confident they will win more than 33 games. There's a scenario where they don't. Oh, of course. Yeah. I covered and the 17-win team. I, I, I'm just going to say, there's a scenario where they don't. There's a scenario where it's really similar to what it is. Now... We're going to talk about Russell Westbrook here in a second. We're going to talk about Jeannie Buss's interview. But the the formula to better is pretty obvious. Number one, Anthony Davis has to play a lot more and play well. Not totally out of the question. LeBron James needs to play like he did a year ago. If you get a little more, great. But the rest of it, right, the other 10 or 12 guys that you're going to have as part of this team, they need to be a lot better. They the, are. The, the, that, that's the thing. I think Anthony Davis will have a good season. He, he, he kind of has to. There's no, you know, short of an injury, he has to have a good year. 
Um, but the other contributing players, uh, we'll we'll see. Who knows? This is the biggest issue the Lakers have beyond beyond that foundation we're talking about. Because if LeBron and AD are not healthy, available, and I think in particular the case of AD playing at the top of their game, none of this other stuff matters. Like really, like who you trade Russell Westbrook for if they end up trading him. You know how. Kendrick uh how Kendrick Nunn fits with this team if he's healthy you know Lonnie Walker you know all all this stuff doesn't matter if those two aren't healthy that said if you compare the Lakers to other contenders around the league whoever you think the third best player on the Lakers is Russell Westbrook theoretically Buddy Heald theoretically Miles Turner Kendrick Nunn now whoever the gap between Anthony Davis as your two and whoever that number three is, is a lot bigger than the gap between the number two and the number three for different contenders around the league. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to just the need for the rest of that supporting cast to establish itself, to gel, to really be a lot better than last year. What's so weird about it, though, Andy, and this kind of gets us to the Genie Bus interview talking about Russell Westbrook, is... I don't know if anybody is 100% certain what they're going to start the season with, right? That it, She was talking with Sam Amick, and she was talking about that she was kind of pushing back on the idea that the acquisition of Patrick Beverly means that you cannot open up with Russell Westbrook. She 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 doesn't buy that. Um, I, she made a comparison with Matt Barnes and Kobe Bryant. I, I don't see the comparison. It doesn't make any sense to me because – Kobe Bryant was the best player on this team. Kobe Bryant, of course you have to get along with Kobe. You have no choice or you're not coming in here. It's not going to work. Their entire history together, Barnes and Kobe, was basketball related. The the Beverly Westbrook beef is not basketball. Russell Westbrook is not the best player on the team. Russell Westbrook is not the guy you have to get along with. That's LeBron. LeBron's the guy that's going to – you need to make sure that he's pleased with what you're doing. That's just – business 101 right that there you have this guy that is the that has this gravity that is maybe not even going to be there it's such a strange dynamic as we're getting closer and closer to the start that I don't know if anybody knows how it's going to play out no I don't I don't think anybody does you know when when Jeannie was talking about that comparison between Matt Barnes and Kobe she was obviously most famously referring to that ball fake when Matt Barnes was inbounding when he was with the Magic, did it right at Kobe's face. Kobe didn't flinch. A couple of years later, Matt Barnes is on the team. Kobe often would recruit guys like that who he had had those battles with. You know, Ron Artest and him, the year before Artest joined the team, they had that series against the Rockets where Kobe pretty openly and pretty flagrantly elbowed Artest in the throat. Mm-hmm. Like, they had been going back and forth a lot in that series, and our test ended up getting objected, uh, ejected because he objected to what right. Kobe did. Right. But like you said, that's all basketball. At this point, the relationship or you know lack thereof between Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly, I don't think basketball has anything to do with it anymore. It is virtually not. so deeply personal and goes back like a decade. And you have two guys who are, in a lot of ways, Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, the same dude mm-hmm. in that I play my way, I do my thing. This is what I do. And, and I am always very confrontational about the way I do this. Like, Russell Westbrook is a very confrontational guy in the way that he plays, a very combative guy in the way that he plays. And 
it's gotten him to great places over the course of his career. But when that athleticism starts to slow down and you're no longer the guy that everything can be built around and you need to start finding ways to adjust, that's where the problem with that combativeness starts surfacing. Well, the name that pops in, and their games aren't exactly the same, but the, the, the career arguments is, look, I am one of the best players in this league. I can be the best player on a really good team. Everybody needs to fall in line because this is what I do to, hey, maybe not quite that, but I still got some game to, hey, this happened quick and now I'm out of the league. It's Allen Iverson. Yeah. And, and, and for slightly different reasons because Iverson wasn't taking great care of himself away from basketball. But Iverson went from Iverson to oh where oh he's done wow that that happened fast that's not the um the Paul Pierce model that's not the Vince Carter model where guys alter their games they alter their expectations and we still haven't heard it from him of listen I understand that I'm in what is it year 14 this year I believe it's 14 yeah that, that I'm in year 14 that I'm not the same as I was in year five that it's not the same that I'm not the center of the universe of the solar system here that I'm merely a moon orbiting you know the LeBron sun I I understand that and this is how it's going to go you get none of that none of it in fact you get pushback on it you know this whole thing at the end of the season you were there doing exit interviews it wasn't you know no they didn't let me do my thing and that was when you're like okay what are we doing here nothing's really changed it happened a few months ago but we're more or less in the same position I actually asked Westbrook about this directly during exit interviews and you know he talked a lot over the course of the year about different things that Frank Vogel was asking to do that's you know atypical to the way he plays you know, spending more time in the dunker spots. You know, they wanted him to screen more than like seven times the entire season. You know, th things of that Let's nature. Crazy. I know. And Westbrook, I would say his uh, his willingness to do that uh, fluctuated. It was not consistent. <laughs> okay. And I asked Westbrook directly during exit interviews, the things that Frank Vogel wanted you to do, were you doing them just because you were asked to do them, or were you actually embracing these adjustments? Because mm -hmm. there's a difference. Sure. And Westbrook understood exactly what I was asking. And he said, insisted this, not only did he do all of these things and embrace them, he's always been the guy who has to do the most adjusting every team he's ever been on. He's been the guy that's been asked to adjust, and he's always been the one doing that, like sort of, playing most out of what he would define as character. And I'm watching this going like, what planet are you living on? <laughs> like, I mean, like, really, like, what? I get I get the idea that you think, you know, letting Russ be Russ would be different things over the course of last season. He, he's right. It would have been different. Like, you wouldn't have LeBron on the team, who's right. a better version of what let Russ be Russ would be. Right. Like, the idea that you've always been the one, like, basically putting your hand up. Say, let me adjust, coach. That, that, That's insane. Look, what, what you just described at the end of his first Lakers season was my fear when they made the acquisition. Yeah. Was it's not that I'm unwilling to do what you're asking me to do. I believe that I'm doing it and always have done it, but everyone around me knows that it's not happening. You. That's a really tough argument to win with somebody. <laughs> when they believe something that is patently and evidentially untrue and like no no i do it what well, no you don't no what, what do you mean i don't of course I, there there is no workaround for that other than okay you're right you do 
you're no longer on the team. That's the only workaround to, and I don't use, I'm not, I don't even want to say it like that. I was going to say something that would have been mean. I don't like it. That you, you can't work around somebody that is borderline delusional like that. You can't convince them. Well, actually, let me show you some tape because they go, oh, yeah, we didn't show the tape where I did. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? Okay. I mean, it's, it reminds me, I, I used to joke all the time that Kobe, in his mind, playing off ball, was every time he would give up the ball to get the ball back. (laughs) Like in Kobe's mind, for those two seconds, he was playing off ball. Right. Like when he specifically would give up the ball so he could reposition in the post to get the ball back for those two seconds. (laughs) Technically, he was was playing off ball. This season is going to be really fascinating to watch. If Westbrook is, in fact, on the roster, we talked about this yesterday, I don't think the Lakers have the luxury of just – preemptively exiling Russ, just sending him home. The Lakers don't have enough talent mm-hmm. to not try to make this thing work with Russ with a brand new brand new voice in Darvin Ham, who I think, I'm not predicting this will work, but I think Darvin Ham will have a better ability to get buy-in than Frank Vogel. I mean, Darvin Ham's been in the league. He is tough as hell. He's yep. not one to trifle with. No. You know, as the saying goes, when you've been shot in the face, you're no longer afraid of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> like, that's basically how it, it works. It may take something like that, right? Right. But, you know, there's it's a different it's a different setting for him. But also, Westbrook has to, I would like to think, has to recognize if this does not work this year, like if he does not show signs of being able to do things other than Russ being Russ – he really may not be in the league next year, maybe not even for a veteran's minimum, because mm-hmm. I don't know where he fits. He doesn't help a good team, and he's he's still a good enough player that he could, air quotes, sabotage a bad team. Right. That if you're who, – who's tanking this year? Um, Indiana. Indiana, right? Indiana. Where he might go to get bought out. We might get bought. Indiana's trying to get the first pick. The last thing they need is a guy that could go out there and score 40 a few times and win a game by himself. Same they, with they San Antonio, another right. team where I, he's been rumored to get sent to and bought out. I don't out. need that. If, I, if I'm trying to collect assets, picks, ping pong balls – no thanks so basically you're talking about a team like the lakers which is quasi-competitive that if every scenario works out in your favor yeah maybe we got a shot to do some damage but if any of these things breaks which usually about half of them do we're kind of in no man's land so what difference does it make that's the scenario and that's the scenario where they're trying to move on from that's that's that does not leave you a ton of options this is what Jeannie Buss had to say to Sam Amick about uh, Russell Westbrook and the idea that, you know, we don't have to move on from him. And she she said something interesting about his role on this team last year. Yeah, I, I remember all the, uh, you know, video that circulated when the Lakers brought in Matt Barnes and his relationship with Kobe over the years. And now he becomes teammates with Kobe. We've seen these storylines before. Pat Beverly was brought here to play defense to be that you know guy that knows how to push his teammates it has nothing to do with Russ he played pretty much every single game showed up worked hard um you know I, I would have loved to have seen what this team would have looked like if they stayed healthy you know I really appreciate him for who he is and what he brings to the team so <laughs> I, I I get the idea of let's try it again, let's do all of these things. But this, to me, is representative 
of we're just kind of going day to day in this thing. That there does not seem to be a way out of a very tricky situation, a, a very complicated situation. You got a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And you hear that, it sounds like a bunch of stuff, but yeah, but how are you going to fix it? I still haven't heard the fix. It's not going to be easy. I mean, here's the thing when you traded for Russell Westbrook, that was the big swing. Like, that was a massive roll of the dice because all of the reasons that it might not work out were pretty obvious. Like, you could picture an up, you could picture an upside where if they managed to figure out how to incorporate Russ and LeBron specifically together, mm -hmm. that would be really difficult to stop. Like, if it would work, I think the ceiling would be extremely high. Because by definition, if you can make that work, that's going to be difficult to stop. The problem is all the pitfalls were pretty obvious, and there were more potential pitfalls than more potential upsides, and that's what the Lakers are dealing with right now. All right, so she also said that he was their best player last season. She amended that to say that he was their most consistent player. So did she misspeak, or did she think he was their best player? That's coming up next. It's Travis Slee. Andy is in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's getting more uh, intriguing, shall we say, that there have been things that have been removed and other things. We're talking about an interview with uh, the athletic that Jeannie Buss did, Sam Amick, who's covered the NBA for a long time. Um, and there was a video I, that was out this morning, and Funch, it doesn't exist yes, anymore? it does not exist anymore. We were I showed it to you this morning, maybe yeah. around, what, 8 o'clock-ish? Yeah. And the, then now it, it's gone. And you, you heard that you know, Jeannie Buss basically was making the case that Russell Westbrook doesn't have to go because Pat Beverly has been acquired. And in that explanation, she talked about the Matt Barnes and Kobe Bryant example that we talked about. And she landed on it. Hey, listen, you know, in my opinion, he was our best player last year. Andy, this is where it gets a little bit tricky, for lack of a better word, where Sam Amick in the moment did not follow up on that, but apparently doubled back later and said, hey, I just want to get some clarity on this. And she said, I, I should have said most consistent player. Um, but it this – Because he played – consistent like he played consistently the most. available he played the most he right. played 78 he, games he was the year. most consistent guy in the sense that you knew he was going to be in the lineup you know i mean to to westbrook's credit like up until the end when they were just pulling guys because the season was over yeah russ made himself every available day. every game and yeah. that counts for something sure like, it does. no matter how much he infuriated you watching him as a laker fan 
availability does matter. It yeah. reflects a certain amount of, you know, professionalism, yes. dedication, whatever. Yes. Russ was there. He should get credit for that. I, I, I agree. And I really, truly don't think it's anything more than she just misspoke. It, it, it happens, right? You meant to say most consistent. You said best. You, you kind of conflated the two things. She not, have, not a big deal. Look, she might have tried to spin, you know, the best possible case with yep. Russ. Spun it a little too far. Yes. Well well said. My here, Here's my takeaway from this, though. Why are we spending so much time on a problem that is easy to fix in the sense that he's either going to do what he's being asked or he's going to go this, this is not something like look we have to keep this guy it's not that you might choose to but you're not married to this guy for the next five seasons you can either just suck it up and get to the end of the line and you're free of it you can move him if you want you could send him home you have some options but it seems like when the obvious answer to how do the lakers get better is anthony davis needs to play more full stop is all of this energy, whether it's from Darvin Ham or in this case Jeannie Buss, they're selling so hard on this Russell angle that it's like, what what exactly are you trying to sell me here? I know that he's not integral to what you're trying to get done. Well, contrary to what a lot of Laker fans think, Russell Westbrook is not the biggest problem for the Lakers, whether you're talking about this season or whether you're even talking about big picture moving forward. It's really Anthony Davis. And LeBron's availability as well. Like mm -hmm. the two of them, how how much are they going to be on the court? Can AD come close, if nothing else, to replicating what he was in the bubble? How much longer can you expect high-end play from LeBron? Because those two are going to be together at least the next couple of years. So both for this season and moving forward, LeBron and AD, that is the biggest issue for the Lakers. Sure. Russell Westbrook is just the loudest issue. He's the loudest problem that they have he's the easiest one to latch onto, in the sense that you can just be mad about it like it's easiest to be mad about Russ he's not the biggest problem they have in terms of the way they've been talking about Westbrook because we've heard multiple times Darvin Ham talk up the dinners that he's had with Russ and the conversations and the role that he imagines for him and he thinks the league and like the pundits, they, they've written off Russ too much. We keep seeing these leaks that the Lakers are not desperate to move Russell Westbrook. They're not just going to toss in both of their remaining first-round picks for until 2030 that they totally control just for the sake of moving him. There are people that I hear think that this is about the Lakers trying to gain leverage mm -hmm. with other teams around the league in terms of trade talks and things like that. I don't think it's about leverage at all because really you can't – gain leverage with a negative trade asset I think this is actually the Lakers really trying to signal fairly transparently to fans Westbrook may be on this team this year like he really might be on the team and everybody needs to wrap their heads around this possibility including us including Russ yeah. including everybody because they are smart to not just attach all of their remaining assets to move Russ in a sideways deal. I complete if they if that were the end game, I'm a hundred percent with you. But this this is my biggest fear. What you just described is a reasonable attempt to manage expectations. Cool. People do it all the time. I understand it. The problem I have is okay, are you managing expectations because this is what you're going to do? Are you managing expectations because you don't know what else to do? 
Are you managing expectations? Because this is how we're going to get to the end of the line. We're going to get this $47 million off the books. We're not are, – are the only remaining assets we have, we have to hold on to those. Or could they change their mind tomorrow? Because this is my fear with this group, that they have a, an idea one day – that's 180 degrees opposite of the the idea you had the previous day, which is 200 degrees opposite. That we're just spinning around, going day to day. That there isn't a through line through all of this on how to get out of this. That Russell Westbrook could be a season, or this could be something that makes you bad for multiple seasons if you decide to move him and what you bring in isn't isn't much well, better. They seem, and the picks are gone. They seem actually pretty determined, and this is smart. I mean, as much as the Westbrook deal was a massive and totally unnecessarily big swing that did not to be needed to be taken last year. Mm -hmm. I think they understand the idea that Russell Westbrook is a one-year problem for this team unless you turn it into a multiple-year problem. Which they might. Well, <laughs> which is a real possibility, which is the fear that I well, have. Well, okay, let's just say that the best rumored deal that we've seen attached to the Lakers would be Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Right. Buddy... Buddy Heald has two years left on his deal, this one in the following season. Miles Turner's an upcoming free agent, but presumably if you gave up one or maybe even both those first-round picks, you would be looking to extend him, mm -hmm. which could make sense because I think he and, he and AD, I actually think, could play together pretty well okay. on both sides of the ball. Would you consider that turning Russ into a multiple-year problem? It depends on the results of those two guys with in connection to LeBron. But on paper, though, I mean, some of this you some of this is always a crapshoot. You're not going to know. I would be okay in that scenario because I think that's the route they should have gone to to start with. To have a guy that can knock down shots, to have another guy like Turner, to have some guys that can do the things that you need to have done. Russell Westbrook didn't solve any of the problems that they had coming into last season. So, yeah, I, I well, think they, that you Well, could do they it. identified a problem is trying to take stuff off LeBron's plate. Like, that was that was the problem that they were looking to solve. That's supposed Br to be Anthony Davis's job. Well, but but it's the, the specific ways LeBron does it, with playmaking, with driving the lane, kicking out, stuff like that. They, and, look, they are a star bleeper organization. They always yeah. have been. I, and I, I Russell Westbrook is still seen, at least to them, as a superstar. He, he is. They're also bad. You know, and, and if, I'm not if, defending them. No, move. no, I understand. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you put it together. But I'm just saying this idea. Well, we got to collect stars. Okay. But if that's the only goal, then that's what you had last year. Carmelo's a star. Right, Dwight Howard is a star. These are star effing driven town. <laughs> but it doesn't. You had a you had a star driven effing town bad team. That's the part that gets left off of the end of that. Well, but to your point, when you bring in somebody like Russell Westbrook and the Russell Westbrook salary, you start limiting yourself with options in terms of the pieces you can put around them. It really doesn't help when your mid-level exception guy, Kendrick Nunn, doesn't play. Doesn't play yeah. It really doesn't help when the guy that you slated to be your fourth best player, fourth highest player in Taylor Horton Tucker, clearly was not ready for the role that you slated him towards and was going to be redundant with LeBron and Russ even if he was ready. There was just a lot of bad planning and bad mismanagement that led and to the where they are now. And the management decision-making apparatus is still the same, which is? is the scariest part of all. That all of these decisions that you just laid out are the same group that are going to continue to make it's decisions It's actually also discussed forward. in Jeannie's interview. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue that. Plus, we got, hey, did you see the Michael Funches edition? Coming up next, it's Travis Slee. Andy's in for Slee, 710 ESPN. And is your vehicle due for... 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Funches has uh, a lot of balls in the air today. Yes, we do. He's got some things. Yes, Emily is uh, not feeling well. She's not here today. Greg is both uh, corporate Greg. He's Mason and Ireland Greg. He's trying to do a little Trav and Andy Greg today. That He's got a lot of balls. But Funches, um, are you going to like cook everybody lunch when you're done here today? Yeah, what else you got Wash your cars, too. <laughs> uh, you know, detail it. Uh, I don't maybe... mean to complain, Funchy, but my coffee order <laughs> has not arrived. Sorry, that was two sugars, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same, Come man. on, do better, Fudge. TikTok. What do you got for us? All right, guys. Queen Elizabeth's former private chef just revealed that the queen has been eating the same thing every day since she's been a kid. Uh, chef Daryl McGrady says the queen eats jam pennies on a little toast pretty much every day. You know, uh, little jam. Little little jelly, like a, 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 a little biscuit or something like, like a that? biscuit. Yeah, okay. a little jam, little jam on a, the jam. Says he says that they're f- fresh strawberries from the royal garden and they're used just for a jelly spread. Okay, basically. Uh, so guys, you think you can eat the same thing every day, even if it's just for one meal? If so, what would it be, Travis? Okay, I think I probably could. Honestly, as much as I like to eat and as much as variety is what makes that so much fun, is you can get a million different things a million different ways. Yeah, if you just said to me, "Hey, listen, you got to," it would definitely be breakfast, right? And I could do one thing. I, you got to, you can't go big. Like you couldn't go eggs Benedict or corned beef hash because you wouldn't make it very long. You need to go something a little lighter. If I could mix up everything else, you're going to go pretty basic. Something like like an oatmeal or just a, an egg or eggs and toast. Something fairly basic to start the day, like jam on pennies. There you go, jam on pennies. I feel like I could eat sushi every day and be happy. I love sushi. And it's it's light. Like, you know, sushi, you rarely leave feeling just you're like gonna be totally sick by, stuck. But you're going to be sick of it by Thursday. <laughs> but but you make a good point. Like, you don't you don't walk out of the sushi bar and like, I need to go lay down. No. <laughs> That's no. like, it's not the pizza or the steakhouse. I'm with you, Andy. That's You're absolutely right. I could eat sushi all three meals every single day and be totally content. No. Absolutely. You, no. The same thing. You yes. got like the well, same. Well, it has to be the same fish. Time? Yeah, I mean, if I get an albacore roll every single time, I'm I mean, totally it's good. Fine. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no. I'm, I'm that here is for true. It. Did I did I accidentally like try to cheat the system by saying sushi and just broaden it yeah, out? Yeah, all... it would be like you get a spicy tuna roll every okay. day for okay. the rest okay. of your you life. You couldn't do it, you, Andy. You could do it, right? Spicy tuna or whatever spicy the roll you like. Every day sounds pretty they're pretty good. good. Like you give me <laughs> sounds like a pretty good dinner can every I, night. Can I change it between like a hand roll, a cut roll? You know, have different stuff. The, as long as it's still tail. spicy tuna. You have your rice, your nori. You've got your spicy tuna, your avocado. Yeah, the presentation. You can concoct it. The presentation like. is the presentation. Like you could, I I feel like you could actually one day just go spicy sh- uh, sashimi. Yeah. 
and leave out the rice. Like, I feel like you're allowed to omit ingredients. You just can't really the, the fundamentally the, switch the, them up. The queen uh, only like, has strawberries and pennies. Cucumber wraps. Only has, you know. They're from the royal garden. Those strawberries must be incredible. The best strawberries in the world, probably. It's Why am I not surprised that the queen is into some weird stuff? I'm just... <laughs> throwing it out there she tried to kill him <laughs> all right guys everybody's everybody's favorite person in the world urban meyer just started a oh podcast with Ooh. tim may in the first episode he started talking about usc and us ucla bolting the pac-12 for the big 10 and he said this the pac-12 was strong washington won a championship arizona state was always tough cal was tough and to think that that's you know and then obviously oregon had an incredible run so I, I don't know what the future holds it. That was a little shocking, but you know, this is there there is no loyalty. There is no this is all fight for know. yourself and, and I get it. I mean, uh, money makes the world go round and right now, um, that that's what's driving all these decisions. I can see the smoke just rise just blowing out your ears right now, Travis. Um he just said there's no loyalty, basically. Mm-hmm. Um we'll just let that sit for you guys for a second. Is Urban Meyer one of the most hated men in sports from just that quote? Urban Meyer is one of the most ridiculous people in sports. That that his hypocrisy knows no limits. That he, that he, but at the same time, nothing he said right there was totally ridiculous. Right, he, he's the, entirely right. But it's the wrong messenger. The he's lack the of self awareness yes. to be chastising the idea of you know bad or morally dubious decisions being made because of money like coming from him right from that guy plus two him lamenting how strong the pac-12 was all of us on this coast you know greg and i who follow uh, you actually because your yep. son haven't yep. been in oregon yep all following the pac-12 know how little respect the pac-12 kept getting the pac-12 had a moment about 20 years ago when pete carroll was kicking everybody's ass and that's yeah. about it that's about it. never got any respect. No, and never. N- n- the only time they get respect is when SC is the best team in the country. That's it. Oregon, to his point, had a really good run. Everyone's like, yeah, that's cute. Right. Nice uniform. Really yeah, cute. Everyone said, well, yeah, well, wait till you play a real team. Exactly. And they were right <laughs> that they wouldn't beat those teams. I just understand because Urban Meyer was in the Big Ten for a long time. So he would, you would think that he would say, oh, you know, now they're coming to the big boy schools and this is where he sh- they should be because this is where they're actually going to get respect. No, he tried to actually go back and say how the Pac-12 was a strong conference. It was never ever a strong conference no the best thing about the pac-12 was pac-12 after dark and half the country couldn't see it (laughs) and the games were on pac-12 network well pac-12 after dark when it really got its thing going was when the pac-12 did have an inordinate amount of nfl quarterbacks in its conference and they were sending them to the nfl that when you wanted linemen you'd go to the big 10 you wanted defensive tackles you'd go to the sec but you want quarterbacks you'd come out west now everybody plays like that now, now all the California quarterbacks end up going to Clemson, and they end up going to Alabama, and they end up going to Ohio State and Michigan and these places. The good players don't stay here anymore. Again, the idea of Urban Meyer saying with like this lamenting of sadness that you know money makes the world go around. You know, what are we gonna do? That's just no, no, no loyalty, right? I no. mean, that guy. Being upset He's a beauty. that money makes the world go around? Go kick another kicker. I Don't mean, you love being <laughs> that, that guy? When you're that guy, it's never a I good mean, thing. Seriously, you never that you really guy. Want break down the decisions that he made or allowed to happen under his watch for the sake of money? Remember when he quit at Florida, right? He walked away from Florida and had this pray, well, you know, I got to tell you, fellas, that uh, 
wrote it all down on a piece of notebook paper that I wasn't going to go do this thing. You know, I'm just going to take some time off. And then like six seconds later, he's the head coach at Ohio State. It's just, come on, man. Just, I get it. I'm here. I, I'm a really good college football coach. I'm going wherever the most money is. I'm going wherever I can get one single teeny tiny advantage. I'm going to go do that. And then I'm going to leave you hanging too. It's just, that's fine. Just stop pretending you care. Such a great family man he was. Yeah, well, he, really needed to be spend time with them. He wrote it on a piece of notebook. <laughs> I just wrote it down on this pure piece of notebook. I was like, oh, okay. There's a binding contract. <laughs> That'll uh, do it. Why did you bring up Urban Meyer, Funches? Now I'm going to be bothered for the rest of the day. But oh, we just got, by the way, we just got sent a photo uh, from... Donnie at Donnie Cash eight one eight. I'm seeing it now. Of the Royal Jam pennies, we do actually look pretty good. <laughs> well, there's so we there's whipped cream on these things. It appears. I mean, they're they're they they look pretty good. Look, they look stra- pretty strawberries solid. and cream and little crumpets or or whatever whatever we're calling those things. I'm in. I'm here for that. Uh, speaking of USC, they start this weekend as well. They've got Rice, who they're gonna crush presumably, but. What is a good first year for Lincoln Riley? When you look at some other guys that have rebuilt college football programs, it doesn't happen in one season. What is good season one for Riley? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.